From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on January 30th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features remarks from former President Donald Trump during his first 2024 campaign appearance in South Carolina with his newly unveiled leadership team. The Russ McKinney has a piece for us on the House Freedom Caucus that we've been talking a lot about this session. We catch some Senate floor drama, preview the Statehouse this week, and of course, I have some infrastructure news for y'all. Stay tuned. The lead loves hearing from everybody, from the people in power to the people that hold the power, which is y'all. So give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind, your hot takes, your unpopular opinions, your questions you want answered. We want to hear from y'all. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's on your mind. 803-563-7169. Former President Donald Trump made his first campaign appearance in South Carolina at the State House on Saturday after announcing his third presidential bid on November 15th. Trump announced his South Carolina leadership team, whom he was flanked by during his speech, to some 350 supporters and press. The team includes Governor Henry McMaster, Senator Lindsey Graham, 2nd District Congressman Joe Wilson, 4th District Congressman William Timmons, 7th District Congressman Russell Fry, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, Treasurer Curtis Loftus, former Ambassador to Switzerland Ed McMullen, former Lieutenant Governor Andre Bauer, and former U.S. Attorney for South Carolina Peter McCoy. Here's former President Trump. It's just a real honor. It's an incredible place. As the famous saying goes, South Carolina picks presidents. You've heard that a little bit before, right? In 2016, this state did exactly that, giving us 44 out of 46 counties. And I can't wait because the answer is uh, we're going to get 46 this time. I think we're going to get all 46. I have a feeling. We're here today to announce our campaign's incredible South Carolina leadership team headed by Governor McMaster. What a man. What a man. Thank you very much. And Peggy, thank you. Uh, We've been friends for almost from the minute we met. He wanted to endorse me and I wanted to take his endorsement. I didn't have the endorsement from the person that for a period of time was a little bit above him. And that worked out very well for me, didn't it, huh? But, uh, Governor, you've done an incredible job, and congratulations on your recent very big record victory. Thank you very much. And Peggy. Trump there clearly alluding to the person above then-Lieutenant Governor McMaster being then-Governor Nikki Haley. Haley and Senator Tim Scott, both potential 2024 presidential candidates, endorsed Florida Senator Marco Rubio in the 2016 presidential primary. Rubio came in second, 10 points behind Trump, and just slightly above Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Now, neither Haley nor Scott attended the event, and very few elected leaders were there as well. Trump, using a teleprompter, spoke for some 40 minutes on a wide range of topics, including transgender students playing in sports, which fired up the crowd in a state where lawmakers passed a bill that the governor signed into law prohibiting such activity. We're going to defeat the cult of gender ideology and reaffirm that God created two genders called men and women. We're not going to allow men to play in women's sports. 
And by so doing, you know what happens. We're going to save the dignity of women, and we're going to save women's sports itself. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're going to bust up the censorship regime and bring back free speech again. Trump also talked about the, quote, woke military and the failed Afghanistan pullout. We have a woke military that can't fight or win, has proven in Afghanistan the way they were taken out was such a disgrace. And the people in the military are so great, but the leadership at top is just a disgrace. That should have never, ever happened. And we had it way down in Afghanistan. Everyone up here knows about it, and we were doing great. They respected us. Abdul, Abdul, the head of the Taliban, I called him. And I said, Abdul, you're killing a lot of our people. Don't do it, Abdul. He was killing them, shooting them with, in the Obama administration. People, I got criticized for that call. I said, Abdul, don't, don't do it, Abdul. Trump also got huge applause when speaking out against critical race theory and defunding schools that teach it, and also the need to elect principals in schools. As I announced this week, I will cut federal funding for any school pushing far left sexual or political content on our children. And I'll create massive incentives for states and school districts to adopt crucial reforms to protect parents' rights. Can you believe we're even talking about this? Henry, we're talking about parents' rights. We're saying we're going to protect parents' rights. Ten years ago, who would even say that? Parents' rights. Yeah, we're going to protect parents' rights. Who would think that would even have to say it? Today, it's like a big political statement. We will protect parents' rights. We'll bring them back. That includes a direct election of public school principals by the parents. If any principal is not getting the job done, the parents should have the right and be able to vote or to fire them and to select someone else that will do the job properly. Trump made digs at electric vehicles and the electrification efforts of big automakers that have been incentivized by federal funding. So much so that the state announced its biggest economic development project ever last year, the $3.5 billion Redwood Materials Electric Vehicle Battery Recycling Facility that will be soon built in Berkeley. That will help create an American supply chain of critical EV materials. Not to mention BMW's $1.7 billion EV announcement in the upstate and the $850 million Envision AESC plant coming to Florence. All investments McMaster lauded just days prior during his State of the State address, where he mentioned his executive order to make the state more competitive in attracting the EV industry. Meanwhile, he stood by Trump and smiled as Trump said this. And electric cars, they want mandatory stoves. They want mandatory electric cars. The cars go for like two, two hours. What are you going to do? Everyone's going to be sitting on the highway. We're all going to be looking for a little plug-in. Does anybody have a plug-in? My car just stopped. I've been driving for an hour and 51 minutes. It's ridiculous. And people that are cooks, I'm not much of a cook, but the cooks are saying gas is better. So use whatever you want, but have alternatives. If you want an electric car, if you want an electric stove or a range, it's crazy what they're doing. It's crazy. Trump slammed President Biden for using so much of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as well. And he also took aim at Hunter Biden, the president's son, for a variety of misdeeds. He also took credit for the Charleston Harbor deepening, which was set in motion years before even Trump hounded President Barack Obama over his birth certificate, though the final $138 million of the project was in the 2020 budget that Trump signed. Unlike Biden, who's wasting hundreds of billions of dollars on the Green New Deal, I will send South Carolina the world-class infrastructure that you truly need. 
just as I ensured that Charleston was the deepest water port on the East Coast. We took care of it. That was, that was us, right? We took care of it. You got the best, the deepest. You know, we had a sign up there. It said, dig we must. Forget about everything. Dig we must. They're saying, oh, no, there was a snail there. I said, that's all right. We'll work that out. But you have the deepest port by far on the East Coast. And that was a big thing. I assume that had a big, that's great, right? The event itself was unique, not to mention the unconventional venue, which a lot of people criticized. But Congressman Russell Fry gave brief opening remarks, followed by Trump walking immediately out and going into his speech. Now, at the end of Trump's speech, again, which was about 40 minutes long, he let each of his supporters talk briefly and even made an off-color fat joke about Ambassador Ed McMullen, who was a larger man. And another friend of mine, you know, I sent him to a country that makes the finest desserts in the world. I shouldn't have done that. But he did okay. He did okay. You're looking very thin, actually. Ed McMullen, he's a great guy. Ambassador. Following the event, Trump made a rare retail politicking stop at Zesto's in West Columbia and even prayed with one of the cashiers at the iconic fast food joint known for its fried chicken and the giant ice cream cone atop the store. We'll have more coverage of this visit for y'all later this week. Now let's stay at the State House and pivot to some recent legislative activity, starting with Senate debate on January 25th over the state Supreme Court election that has now been pushed to February 8th. This continues to be the fallout of the controversial 3-2 ruling that found the six-week abortion law unconstitutional. Governor McMaster, in his State of the State address, called for judges to be picked by the governor with the confirmation of the Senate. But on the Senate floor last week, there was debate over how to provide additional oversight of judges other than just the election process. Here is an exchange between Republican Senators Billy Garrett of Greenwood and Sandy Sin of Charleston. And it's spicy. So in this instance, you think that South Carolina could say, okay, judges, we're going to elect you to a certain amount of time, terms, and then we want you to follow the canons, which is to be independent. But when you give us a ruling that we think is rogue, well, we've got this little constitutional provision in here, and we should be able to rope you in and pull you off the bench. Absolutely. Let me say this. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe that. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me answer the question for you. Also, if you're a strict constructionist and you read the separation of powers doctrine in South Carolina under Article 1, Section 8, it clearly says that in the government of the state, the legislative, executive, judicial power of the government shall forever be separate and distinct from each other, and no person or persons exercise the function of one of said department shall assume or discharge the duties of another. And what I'm saying, rogue means you got out of your lane and you tried to legislate as a super legislature. Look, I didn't say this. Justice Kittredge said it, okay? Look at, his, look at his dissent. If you'll read his dissent, he's the one that said it. And if his own people is calling him that. And it's called a dissent for a reason, and that is because his side lost, right? You know, there were five opinions, and none of them jived. Right. And none of them dealt with the question that was literally that needed to be asked, and that is a balance between the rights of an unborn child versus a mother's right to privacy. So, sir, if five people cannot agree, five judges cannot agree, how in the world do you think this legislature is supposed to agree? Sen later took the Senate well and continued to harp on how embarrassed she has been around this entire process and the politicization of judicial elections. She mentioned that as a result of the politics surrounding the abortion ruling, that for the first time in 35 years, there will not be a single woman on the five-member high court of our state, 
since the two female candidates dropped out when appeals court judge Gary Hill became the clear winner based on lawmakers' commitments. Here's Senator Sin again. Women make up 37.4% of the South Carolina bar. At the two law schools in our state, women make up 52% of the student body at the USC School of Law and 62% at the Charleston School of Law. What you may not know is that South Carolina is about to become the only state in the entire nation to not have a female Supreme Court judge, and that is embarrassing. It is more embarrassing to me than us being at the bottom of the state with education or having lawyers that don't even understand the separation of powers. Speaking of the unconstitutional abortion law, South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson has petitioned the state Supreme Court to rehear its ruling on the six-week abortion law, saying in a statement, Today we filed in the state Supreme Court our petition to rehear the fetal heartbeat law ruling. We respectfully disagree with the court's decision and believe the intent of the South Carolina Constitution is clear. The framers of our privacy provision did not conceive this provision as creating a right to abortion, quote. Let's look at some more statehouse activity, including Senate Bill S-36, which is an ignition interlock bill that has passed the Senate multiple times before, and it may have subcommittee last week. It would require a three-month ignition interlock device in a vehicle as a prerequisite to get a temporary alcohol-restricted license after a suspension related to a charge from a DUI, even first-time offenders, and can go as long as six months depending on the severity of the DUI. There is an indigent fund for those who can't afford the device, which costs about $100. South Carolina would be the 35th state to have this law, but the bill has previously died in the House. S-36 will be one of four bills before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Tuesday, including those fentanyl trafficking and homicide by fentanyl bills. The bills are expected to easily pass out of committee and get on the very scant Senate calendar. We also expect the Senate to pass its voucher bill, the Education Scholarship Accounts Bill, S-39, as early as Tuesday, since cloture was invoked on Thursday, which limits further debate and amendments. S-39 would create an education scholarship pilot program for up to 5,000 students that qualify for Medicaid, meaning they're about twice the federal government's poverty level. They would be eligible to receive up to $6,000 for private school tuition. You hear me and others talk about the South Carolina House Freedom Caucus often on this podcast, and that's about a group of 17 far-right Republicans and the increasingly visible role they're playing in House movements this session, in light of their recent decision not to align themselves with the rest of the House Republican Caucus. South Carolina Public Radio's The Russ McKinney has this closer look at the group and their objectives. Republicans have controlled the South Carolina House of Representatives for almost 30 years. Following last November's election, they achieved a supermajority with 88 of the 124 House seats held by Republicans. That supermajority means the GOP caucus can pass pretty much any bill or resolution backed by its leadership. Of those 88 Republicans, about 20 ultra-conservative members make up what they call the South Carolina Freedom Caucus, similar to the Freedom Caucus in the U.S. House of Representatives. Ever since last year's Republican primaries, a deep rift has been developing between members of the Freedom Caucus and many members of the mainline Republican Caucus, 
leading to most Freedom Caucus members refusing to agree to sign on to a set of GOP rules that they feel is aimed at muzzling them. Here's House Republican leader Davey Hyatt of Pickens last week confirming that Freedom Caucus members who have refused to sign the rules are no longer a part of the House GOP. Our doors are open. They're welcome back in this caucus. This group back here that's 73, 74 strong, we believe that South Carolina has sent us down here to legislate, to make their lives better, and so we're going to move forward with our agenda today, but our doors are open for them to return at any time. Representative Adam Morgan from Taylor's in Greenville County is the chairman of the Freedom Caucus Group. I consider myself uh, a full member of the Republican Caucus, uh, and um, I have not signed anything, uh, nor, nor would I sign uh, you know, certain limitations on my ability to uh, speak openly and conduct myself as a legislator in the way that I and my constituents uh, you know how see best. Those new rules that Morgan and his Freedom Caucus colleagues don't like bar Republicans from publicly airing intra-party disputes. Statements by Freedom Caucus members can often lead to heated debate among Republicans themselves. Recently, as the House leadership attempted to pass the authorization of millions of dollars in state and federal aid for needed infrastructure projects, many members resented insinuations by Freedom Caucus members that some of the projects might be what Caucus Chairman Adam Morgan called shady deals. Here's Morgan during debate on the House floor. I know the public thinks and believes that there are shady deals that go down here, whether it's in judicial elections, whether it's in contracts and things that different people might get, whether it's profit and self-dealing from members in the room. If you've never heard that, you've got a totally different district than I do. Morgan's assertions drew this response from Lexington Republican Micah Kasky. Working together can give us what the public needs and deserves. But making an effort to come on the floor and make it about yourself and standing on some hill of righteousness on social media is not how we get things done. The number of Democrats in the House is down to just 36. Representative Todd Rutherford of Columbia, the Democratic leader, says he thinks the 20 or so Freedom Caucus members puts the GOP supermajority in a weaker position. I think the, the supermajority is in doubt because the majority is questioned constantly by their own members. And so that's where your supermajority gets into question. And I think if you look back in the past, you'll see a number of Democrats supporting the speaker and supporting speakers in the past, and a lot of Democrats that will continue to do so because we know what's best for South Carolina. Democrat Rutherford says he's disturbed that some members of the Freedom Caucus say they want to make the South Carolina House more like the partisan-torn U.S. House in Washington. And he vows to not let that happen. Mm, thank you for that smooth piece there, Russ. Ooh, Russ McKinney, folks. You can find that report and more on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Cannot tell you where Russ McKinney lives, though. But he's always at the Statehouse. Moving on, the South Carolina Department of Transportation said last week that work is underway to begin resurfacing approximately 90 miles of South Carolina's interstate highways. These projects include resurfacing on major freight and transit arteries for the region, including Interstate Highways 20, 26, 95, 385, and 526. SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall said in a statement, quote, We recognize the importance of maintaining critical interstate infrastructure to keep goods and people moving through our state and the region. In addition to construction and widening projects underway on almost every interstate in South Carolina, 
we are also hard at work repairing and maintaining our existing infrastructure. Today's announcement shows our continued commitment to our strategic 10-year plan and to delivering on the promises we made to the people of South Carolina. Quote, now with the addition of these projects, SCDOT now has approximately 200 miles of interstate resurfacing projects underway since 2020. SCDOT Secretary Hall was also recently before a House Ways and Means subcommittee and mentioned how, thanks to increased state and federal funding for projects, they continue to be accelerated, including planning for more major work on I-95, including widenings in the future. The widening of I-95 has gone from previously being nowhere on a priority list to next year construction of the first eight miles of 95 coming in from Georgia. And then every other year, SCDOT will tackle another 10 to 11 miles more to get up to mile marker 33 by 2028. Here's Secretary Hall talking about I-95. We decided that it's, it's time for us to really expand the amount of planning activities that we're doing on our rural interstate system, uh, in particular, tying it really to the freight movement across the state and thinking ahead about how much freight traffic travels 95, 26, and 85. So we will be asking tomorrow for approval to begin preliminary design and uh, planning activities on some more of I-26, really north of Columbia, all the way up to the split with 385, uh, and also looking at planning for the uh, expansion of 95 coming in from the North Carolina line to where uh, 327 ties in there on the other side of Florence where the existing six lanes end. And then finally, I call it closing the gap on 95 between 26 and the plan widening that Justin talked about already, really to have six lanes from the Georgia border up to 26, six lanes 26 really the whole way till you get to the next interstate split with 385 and then capturing that piece of 95 coming in um, from North Carolina. And we're already planning on design work on 85 and some design work on 77. So this will just add to that to really kind of get us going uh, so that uh, we're not waiting to the last minute to get started on design. The SCDOT Commission did approve that plan to move up the design and planning work for I-95. And the governor has proposed sending even more money to SCDOT in his budget. Hall also requested $300 million to be put in the budget for Interstate 73, which would come from the North Carolina border through the upper PD region to the Grand Strand. We'll be getting a major update on the state of transportation in February. And looking ahead this week, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee is poised to raise interest rates at its meeting later this week. We'll have a follow-up for you on Saturday's podcast. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. You know who else is here? Hmm. A.T. Shire, folks. <laughs> Producer of the lead. Calm down. Calm He's down, here. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. So many people name their children after A.T. these days. They're dogs, thank you. <laughs> They're fur babies, fur <laughs> children. My well, hairy, hairy sons. We uh, <laughs> love to hear about that. That's so wonderful to hear, A.T. So great to hear that. 803-563-7169. That is the number. That's a critical number that we're requesting you call right yes. now. Stop the car. Turn the keys off. Throw them out of the car. Uh-huh. And call us. 803-563-7169. Yep. And leave us a message. Please. Any anything will take. You don't even have to say your name. You know what I'm gonna say for this week only? No names. Uh-huh. No names. We get to make it up. We're gonna make up a name though if you we don't get tell to us guess. your name. We so get to guess. That is also a possibility. Yeah. Um 
And I know we do have a call in the hopper right now, but we have yes. a little bit of a longer episode, so we're just going to talk about things that AT wants to talk yes. about today. Because he gets Mondays, I get Fridays. <sighs> it's in the divorce agreement. I think everyone knows where I'm going to go at first yes. here, okay? We're all girding our loins. Thank you. Thank you. Gird away. <laughs> thank you. Yes, because the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Go birds. Go birds. Hail to the Eagles. Birds. Yes, Gavin, I, I, I do have to say, Gavin is involved in this because yep. he, he, he texted me last night and he goes, Congratulations on your Eagles. And I said, hey, 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 bud. Our Eagles. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I did not respond after that. No, he went, he went radio it was silent. too much. And he knew he, he already knew what he did. He didn't need me to say a word. I was so pleased. I, I am surrounded by, like, a, I, I have a real soft sphere of influence of Eagles fans around me who are so indifferent to Eagles that they're just happy for me. Yes. Producer Sean, Bradley Fuller. Gavin. Just say SC Public Radio. I I really still have a lot of my body out of the door. There might be a toe in the door for yeah. you. Just for your happiness. As a Commanders fan. Yes, I know. I grew up not knowing to ever care for an Eagles fan. I understand, but I will point out that you check Eagles scores and you don't check Commander scores. And well, you want to know the worst thing about Commanders? The fans call them the Mandos. Oh, I kind of like that. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I oh, only go check, I only check Eagle scores because yes. it also has my self-interest. I'm, st- I'm still, there's a self-interest element You have to deal with me. Yeah, yes. you have to deal with me. Do I, I do I need to be more energetic than you on a Monday to bring <laughs> you up or vice versa? Like, yeah. So. I knew that we were dishing out dirt naps yesterday, okay? Like, we were going to win that game regardless. You said it last week. I remember you said that. And I was like, oh, we might be jinxing him. No. You didn't. And I said we were going to crush him. I say we're going to beat him. And here we are, folks. Anyway, to get off of that. Thank God. I fell in love with my wife again. Oh, because of the Eagles. It wasn't (laughs) because of the Eagles. And I just want to I just want to crib this. Love you, babe. I love my wife every day. Every day. But this reminded me. So we were at an Indian restaurant we'd never been to before called Persis. Okay. It's out on Bush River somewhere. And we were ordering, we were ordering. I got some curry things. She got tikka masala. She only eats tikka masala. The lady loves tikka masala. The, you got to see this lady put down some tikka masala. I've never, it's, just, it's amazing. She could win She could win some awards, some trophies. Okay? Is that how you knew to marry her? <laughs> no, she refused to eat Indian food when I first met her. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, so we Wait, because she didn't like it and you she, changed her? She had never had it. And I got people her to can try change. It. Look at that. People can change. People folks. can change. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. And so we're ordering, and when we got to the naan, you got to order naan with all your Indian mm-hmm. food. You know, clean it up. When she ordered the amount of naan we ordered, <laughs> <laughs> the the waiter's face was one of concern. <laughs> he goes, he goes, that's twelve pieces. Are you sure you want that? And Without hesitation, Caitlin goes, oh, yes. <laughs> and I was like, babe, I love you. I love that. I can, I can see it was just like the smile on your face. It was like, in that moment, in, in the face of sheer, sheer terror of the, the wait staff, my wife was so gluten tolerant that she was like, yes, I want all that none. I need more. We ate it all. We ate every last piece and of that. Not, you would have taken it home. I thought that you your game more to take home. But we still, did. I mean, yeah. we took some home and I ate it all. Great. She was yeah. right. We knew. Yeah. We know. You know what you need. When you find someone you like that. professionals. Thank you. Yes, you, they, we are professionals. When you find someone like that, put a ring on exactly it. Exactly right. That's my message to everyone An today. onion ring. And if, and, and, yeah, Caitlin, yes. the, uh, Caitlin only likes certain onion rings. This is some Even knowledge more. that you know <laughs> When you get married, it has to have no onion involved, just the outside. 
It's so complicated, but so loving. <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, if, if anyone hears this and interacts with Caitlin, please tell her this. She'll be mortified. Um, are, you, are you? Do you guys do a? Um, since we're coming up on Valentine's Day, do you yeah. do a Valentine's Day dinner at all, or do you just stay at home or do something? I, not I mean, related. you know me, and most listeners know will can figure out me at this point where I'm just so recalcitrant. Yes. I'm such a contrarian yes. to the point where, like, if it's a day where you're supposed to do something, there's nothing I want to do less. Because that sounded like your Valentine's Day dinner in my mind. <laughs> I, and I, that's would, I was like, do you need to do I it would if personally, you've done it? I would personally love that. I mean, yeah. I love finding new restaurants. I love finding new international restaurants, too. Yes. So, I mean, I'm not trying to go to a steakhouse and, and get, like, a— a porterhouse with my the little with, sweetheart on top. Yeah, you know I've never done a Valentine's Day dinner. I've never been in a relationship to the point where I need to do that. Love that for you. And if if I ever do choose to be in a relationship, I don't think I would do a Valentine's Day yeah. thing. I could do it at home. I don't want to deal with a bunch of restaurants with everyone else trying to be exactly like, look right. at us, it we feels, are in love. It feels like New Year's to me, where it's a little bit. I'm of, okay with New Year's. It's a little forced merriment for yeah. me. You know what I mean? True. And so I, 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 am more private. Like I. Oh, I, so you're telling me you don't love your wife? I want to shove. <laughs> I want to shove the bread in my mouth alone. You know what I mean? I don't need. You're talking to a baker, baby. Yeah, you're talking I, to, a baker, you're to a baker. Yeah, honestly, Gavin, you you can come out with Caitlin and I on on th- on <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I would. I like the impersonalness of that a little bit more. <laughs> I prefer that. Think people will start talking. Hey, I'm trying to disrupt the system. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to get. I'm trying to break down these walls, all these silos. Okay. Okay, I thought he was just this. his producer. Oh, I think we no, know what's going on that's here. Why I, that's why I always say, Gavin, that you've married into this Eagles fandom here, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> is it, when you're, uh, when, when's the Super Bowl scheduled for? Not this weekend, next week, like two weekends from now. Okay, so that's the, um, the, the 12th, 12th, something like 13th, that. Is yeah, that, um, one of those. Are you going to have a Super Bowl party? I don't know if I could have people around <laughs> me for that. You can come over and watch me devolve. Yeah, because I've never seen it's you bad. watch a football game before. I because always, I give you your space. I always say that it is my worst self while I'm doing these things. I texted my friend Matt because he told me he was going to go into Philadelphia to watch the game. You know, I might be in Charleston with my dad. I feel like I watched a big game with my, with my pops. Uh, that's a good call. Yeah. But I told my friend Matt that the way I watch an Eagles game is my greatest shame of my life because it is so many emotions. It is feral and I'm mad (laughs) and I'm yelling and screaming. So keep me in your hearts. Yeah, guys, give him a call. Give him some love. We got a long two weeks ahead of us. I'm not doing well. Just know that always. I'm not doing well. Um, I'm probably sweating and have a raised heart rate, and my blood pressure is going to be a wreck for two weeks. Be so. part of that soft eagle support that AT Thank needs you. to live and thrive. Be part of my sphere of influence. 803-563-7169. Some would say axis of evil. That's what I would call it. Um, but yes, raw, raw, siskumba. Here we go, Eagles. And give us a shout so we can talk about something else. <laughs> you can also leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I think that's what they call it these days. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Because last uh, time... Everyone's vibrating at the same frequency. Oh, my God! <laughs> I was vibrating, though. Truly. <laughs>